I'm Matt House Barbie. Hi, I'm Jory Monroe. And this is Skill Up. Skill Up is a podcast sponsored by HubSpot Academy that's all about the changing landscape of marketing, sales, and customer service. You've almost definitely seen featured snippets in the wild. They're the little boxes that show up in Google search results. Like, try this out. Type in, how many miles is a 10K? You should be looking at a box that says 6.2 miles. This isn't how Google always delivered information, though, and that presents a lot of problems for people trying to rank today. In this episode, Jory and I are going to talk through what featured snippets are, why searchers love them, and how you can start ranking in position zero. If you could start any business in the world, seriously, any business, what would it be? In this day and age, it has never been easier to start a business, but it's never been more difficult for that business to succeed. That's where HubSpot Academy can help. HubSpot Academy offers engaging and informative classes that can help you skill up so you can grow your business. Go to HubSpot.com slash skill up to check out trainings, certifications, community discussions, and much, much more. That's HubSpot.com slash skill up and start learning today. Jory, I'm excited to be back. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm happy to be back too. But to be honest, I'm not sure what to think about this topic, honestly. Like, I've seen these boxes, and it seems so random what gets pulled into them. But let's start with the basics. What in the world is a featured snippet? <laughs> so, a featured snippet, a lot of people may know it as like a quick answer box, mm-hmm. and usually appears to basically give the answer to a search query directly within the search engine results page. So you don't even need to go to the web page in some cases to get the answer. So what exactly does this look like? Okay, so let's start with an example. You can try searching for how to tie a tie, right? What you'll see in that result is a step-by-step instruction um, directly at the top of the search results page that shows you how to tie a tie. You'll probably also see a little box, which is people also asked. And this has like a few different extra questions on top of that that people are often asking. Typically, you'll find this on a lot of queries where you have like how, what, why, when, who at the start of it. And there's a lot of different ways that these can be viewed in. So or at least presented in, should I say. And that's probably the most common way to see them is like this step-by-step guide. And then you also have just some straight-up paragraphs, which we'll we'll come on to probably a little later. So people don't have to actually click on a link to a web page to view the information, right? No, not necessarily. So when Featured Snippets first came about, everybody was freaking out. It's like, all right, well, so no one's ever going to visit web pages again. Google's going to serve information and just people are going to stay in the search results. Everyone's like, ah, it's going to affect traffic, huge, huge amounts. But that wasn't necessarily the case. So yes, you can sometimes get the answer you need. And in all honesty, this usually happens for more 
definitions or queries that start with what is a and like that's where you may just be looking for a very quick answer and yeah you may not need to actually visit them on the web page themselves that said this type of result is growing a lot it's like mm. over 30% of searches now include this kind of result in them and for different queries it definitely is affecting like impacting traffic overall to websites some have a situation where actually if they were ranking in the featured snippet they're getting way more traffic than what they were when they were actually ranking number 1 but the people that were ranking like 2 and 3 are seeing much much smaller shares of that traffic overall and in some case like i was just mentioning people are just getting way less clicks as well so this is great and all but i feel like there would be a pretty big problem here like you can get your answers right in the results but who's even clicking on those links anymore yeah i think that's a fair point but for a lot of times there's just many queries need way more than just a few words right like typically the more specific you're going the more detailed an answer so a lot of featured snippets started initially showing for things like recipes and stuff like that and really you would google's got a lot better at displaying some of these cuz sometimes you just have jumbled up information on this little featured snippet i do think for really simple information feature snippets can be really valuable like for example um if you're searching for the age of a well-known celebrity or something or you're looking for the quick definition of a word those kind of things where you don't need to dig much deeper you're literally looking for an answer that could be answered within a sentence mm -hmm. like a lot of the time the classic stuff that would rank for that in the past would just be you'd go through to a quick wikipedia article or a wiki how article and even then it would just be a few lines of information you probably didn't need that click <laughs> that said there is like a lot of debate around the fact that should google be actually even pulling in this information that they technically don't own and displaying it without giving that traffic to the people who publish content because for a lot of content producers especially those that really really care about driving traffic to their site they're generating advertising revenue and they no longer generate advertising revenue or any other way of monetizing their traffic if people aren't coming through to their site in the first place so that that is a bit of a challenge there yeah so is this even just a traffic problem that's unique to just Google or is this the way the internet is just going now as it's optimizing for user experience? Mm, yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, featured snippets are pretty much isolated to Google. Bing have started testing with some of these things. Yes, oh, Bing, Bing is still a fail. <laughs> it's, it, it's still alive. Um <laughs> I I haven't personally used Bing probably ever on a consistent basis, but um they they have been adding in a bunch more stuff like that one one thing where actually microsoft have been putting a lot of time into is in voice and their cortana voice assistant has a bunch of really good like features in that sense i think when we come back to where you mentioned the overall movement of the web and is this the way search is going we touched on this in the first episode right where 
we talked a little bit about how voice is really shaping the user experience for searches. And I think that in particular is going to be the way that featured snippets and like voice start to become like an evolution of one or the other. We're already starting to see in some respects, like a lot of content that ranks in the featured snippet also ranks in voice search and Google Assistant. Mm -hmm. So there are clear like parallels being drawn there. I would imagine that because of the fact that we had initially a huge shift towards mobile, maybe around like the 2010 mark where we started to see that huge inflection point of growth. This is where a lot of the major search engines in particular, the likes of Google, were starting to place more of an emphasis on concision in their results. So we're only going to see more of it. Interesting. So it's definitely just kind of that that next stage um, of search engine evolution, if you will. So it's not all doom and gloom. We just got to learn how to shift our, our thinking. So let's take a quick break to learn how you can future-proof your career. Think about the last time you Googled something. Did you go past the first page to find your answer? Did you even scroll below the fold? I'm guessing you didn't click past the first few results. And maybe you didn't even click on a result at all. That's why it's more important than ever to have a solid SEO strategy. And HubSpot Academy can help. Go to HubSpot.com slash SEO to tune into HubSpot Academy's SEO training course led by Matt Howells Barbie, the host of this very podcast. Learn how to build a search strategy that will grow your business. That's HubSpot.com slash SEO to start learning today. everyone. Welcome back. So Matt, are featured snippets actually destroying some businesses? Uh, I mean, there's you definitely... hesitated. <laughs> okay, was, well, was, let's dig in. I was being generous to Google, I think. I, I think there's definitely arguments to be made that that is the case. Now, who is to blame for that? Is that Google to blame? Is that the business for relying too much solely on one traffic source? That's a debate that I'm sure a lot of people are going to have a lot of opinions about. That debate is probably not something I'm going to give an opinion about right now. <laughs> but what I would say is featured snippets are one of many occasions where this has happened. We talked about in the previous episode blended search results. Mm -hmm. And to summarize that, where we're seeing image carousels, video carousels, all of these different features that are coming into the search results page, the exact same thing and the most dramatic thing certainly that we've seen probably in the past 10 years has been how much emphasis Google's put on ads in the search results page. Ads have been taking up more and more and more real estate. I think it was two or three years ago now where what we saw was that there was like four ads all above the fold. You search mm -hmm. for some popular keywords, especially ones that are around like products and services. A lot of the time you have to scroll down before you see the first organic search result. So this is really not anything new. Now, featured snippets for some businesses, this may be the final nail in the coffin, mm -hmm. but in other respects, it also presents an opportunity. Now, Featured snippets offered a way for people to rank for queries where a lot of the time it was 
just very commercial content a lot of the time. Whereas with mm-hmm. featured snippets, what we find is like, actually, it's usually less product driven content that ends up ranking and more informational content. So with every kind of threat, there's an equal opportunity there. But at the same point, this is something where Google, in the exact same respect as Facebook, wants to keep you in Google or Facebook wants to keep you within Facebook. We saw that with Facebook's instant articles where they wanted to host content directly native within Facebook. Google creating AMP and building a whole platform where you would host your content within Google. And a lot of the emphasis from Google and Facebook side has been, we want to provide a better user experience. We want to deliver things faster and quicker and improve the mobile web experience. And the subtext to that is, we also want to generate a hell of a lot more ad revenue. Right. (laughs) So I think... This is not a completely altruistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am. I am not the one to judge that, but for sure, that's a big motivating factor here, right? Like they're for-profit businesses, and thinking about that, and in the context of like, are they destroying some businesses? Yeah, potentially. They're also probably offering whole new opportunities for other businesses to come in. The SEO is like notorious for from one moment giving you this amazing opportunity and then the next taking everything from you. It's like a cruel, bad Christmas gift, right? <laughs> like, uh, But it uh, the, the whole point of SEO is to constantly be managing and staying ahead of risk. And things like featured snippets are another one of those things that you have to stay on top of and adapt to as early as possible. So should we expect to see a decrease in traffic due to featured snippets overall? Not necessarily. This is my favorite and most generic answer in SEO is it depends. Uh, This is probably the most used phrase in SEO and it's probably the most frustrating answer to get. (laughs) So we did some studies at HubSpot. This Mm -hmm. was, I think the first one we published was back in 2015, 2016, when we really saw our first huge spike in featured snippets entering into the results page. In fact, around that time, we for our blog in particular, we just started seeing tons and tons of feature snippets appearing. And actually, more noticeably, we started seeing dips in traffic across certain sections. And the reason for that was like we had not optimized for featured snippets because it was a relatively new thing at the time. Mm-hmm. And we weren't ranking well in the featured snippets. Now, our worry was, even if we rank in these featured snippets, are we going to see lower returns on traffic. Now, what actually transpired is that across the board, overall, we saw more traffic when we ranked in the featured snippet than when we did ranking number one in a search results page that didn't trigger a featured snippet. Now, bear in mind, the kind of content that we are ranking for at HubSpot in a lot of those featured snippets, I would class as the more tutorial driven content, like informational stuff that would be like... How to write a blog post. Exactly. You saved me from really coming up with a terrible idea there. (laughs) So it's very difficult to figure out in a featured snippet in what, like 50 characters or whatever it is, like how to write a whole blog post. Right. What you will get from a featured snippet result there is validation that this is probably the a relevant thing that you want to look at. Whereas before, you just had to judge on like the title of the page, the meta description. And what that meant was you would get a higher distribution of clicks going to results number one, two, three. Right. We call this in SEO pogo sticking. And this happens a lot within 
more commercial product-driven queries, and you'll do this yourself, right? You're looking for some, like a new T-shirt, and you search in Google for a relatively broad query, and you open up like, right, yeah, like everyone does. (laughs) Red T-shirt, please. Maybe Mark Zuckerberg, gray T-shirt. And you'd open up in new tabs like 10 different results. And that happened to a lesser extent for more informational queries, but now you don't need to do that. You've immediately figured out like, all right, this is definitely what I need to know. I'm just going to go and click into that. And we saw a lot of the time, I actually remember off the top of my head a few kind of stats that started standing out for us where we would usually see for ranking number one for some of these type queries, click-through rates from the results page in the range of, say, 15 to 22 23%, we were seeing in excess of 40% click-through rates. So wow. immediately, we were getting really nice big boost in traffic. Now, if you are someone like WikiHow, who produces a lot of content that's like more definition-based, very short tutorials where you literally only need like how to retweet, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you can find that out in very short amount of characters. I would imagine for a decent section of their site, they would see a reduction in what they had before. Whereas probably the biggest winner of the whole featured snippet implementation has probably been Wikipedia, who Mm -hmm. I remember at one point, a stat I read, and definitely from our data sets, they owned something crazy like 28 or 30% of all featured snippets. Wow. Yeah, which is crazy. That distribution, I think, has definitely kind of diluted out a little bit. But if you look on any blog post that's done a featured snippet study, nearly every single one has like an asterisk and it's like an omission is we've taken Wikipedia out because it's just all Wikipedia otherwise. So like that's another big piece in amongst all this. So Position zero or the featured snippet might mean more traffic, while ranking in any other spot might mean less traffic. What are some ways you can get your content to rank as a featured snippet? All right, we're into the good (laughs) stuff. Let's go. Good stuff now. (laughs) Into the trenches. This is what everyone's been waiting for. Yeah, we've been doing a ton of testing here. And Mm -hmm. I remember myself and Victor Pan, uh, our head of SEO here at HubSpot, we were scratching our brains for far too long trying to figure out like what are the factors behind featured snippets and we initially thought well this is just all going to be based around backlinks and like pretty much the rest of google search backlinks are the biggest ranking factor of anything and one thing that we then found surprising was actually okay you usually need to be ranking on page one to begin with to get the featured snippet, albeit not even in the top three. We found a lot of times that our organic listing would be like five or six on page one, and we were still ranking in the featured snippet. But what we did find is that actually just firing a ton more backlinks from other websites into the page was not helping us rank in the snippet. So then we moved on to some other things and we were like, okay, well, in e-commerce, having uh, schema data, so this is like a type of markup code where Mm -hmm. you'll sometimes see when you search for products like the red t-shirt or the Zuckerberg gray t-shirt, right? It's like you have review stars showing in. Sometimes you'll see the price. Mm -hmm. These things are specific 
bits of code that are put onto the product pages that tell Google how many reviews you have, how many price. We were thinking, mm, maybe there is like, it's pulling in schema data. So we tried a load of stuff with this markup code. Nope, <laughs> complete waste of our time. Uh, well, not a complete waste because we found out like we often do how not to do it. <laughs> that, that brought us down a path of how we could do things. So the first thing that we did find was how many different formats there were. And that was like kind of the, the starting point with featured snippets is knowing like what are the different types. So what are the different formats for featured snippets? I really teed you up there, didn't I? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> uh, Brilliant. <laughs> so the typically there, and sometimes there's these like random outliers that you see, but I would pretty much say there is four different types that you'll see usually in the wild, right? And the first one is the numbered list. So this will just be, as you can imagine, like a list from one to, I think I've seen probably the most is like one to seven or one to eight. Usually it's like one to five, a list of just steps. And it'll be like a single sentence for each step. So that like aligns with like those how-to articles. Absolutely. Gotcha. And then... The, a very similar one for this is a bullet point list. So pretty much the exact same, but instead of like one, two, three, four, you just got sets of bullet points. So almost like a listicle. Exactly. And in that respect, like I think one query, if you type for different types of workouts, you'd see a bullet point list. I'll and take your word for that one. <laughs> yeah, I haven't searched this. <laughs> okay. People, people, people tell me these things that go to the gym. Uh, so, <laughs> and then we have the table format, and this one is a lot rarer, but and and is for very specific types of content. So this is usually like a data table and will often pull in from existing tables on a page. Sometimes Google is really good with this actually, and they can determine like just non-formatted content and pulling that information into a table. So an example query is like interest rates per state. As we're saying now, that currently pulls in a featured snippet. Another thing that we'll come on to, which you will find is featured snippets change all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. And then there are paragraph snippets. So this one is probably where everything started with feature snippets. I think this is like the first and most populous feature snippet I saw at the beginning was just single paragraphs. And they're usually about three sentence. I think it's something like 150 characters or so. It's in and around that ballpark, but it'll just be a straight up paragraph. And that's usually when it's like a, what is a insert keyword there, right? And then you'll get like a definition of something. There are a bunch of other stuff like we, we actually talked about this in the previous episode when I was mentioning how there's like calculators and drop down boxes, definition box, where in this like blended searches. And we also even are starting to see like product and service carousels. But I want to separate those away from featured snippets because that's that's really not what we're talking about. So are the translation services that you also see sometimes considered a featured snippet or is that a little bit different? That would be different. It sits in the same spot, mm -hmm. and really, there's a lot of different information. So technically, if you search the word define, mm -hmm. colon, and then write a word, that is technically not a featured snippet. That actually 
had been around long before featured snippets and was probably the first time that we started seeing things being searched for. And that was kind of part of Google's knowledge graph. But this is much more just Google taking existing web content and just pulling information out of it and throwing it into that box. Yeah, It's really important to know what you're looking at. So let's say I have a bunch of pages ranking on the first page because I'm an SEO fiend and <laughs> I haven't got a single featured snippet. What am I doing wrong most likely? Well, first of all, that means you're not an SEO fiend, right? <laughs> so okay, you're, I took step one. Okay, uh, whoa. <laughs> well, so... I think the biggest thing, and this comes into what we found out about ranking in the featured snippet, it's kind of, I don't know whether, I still haven't made my mind up whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it's actually quite basic the way Google determines what goes in the featured snippet. It means it does kind of level the playing field a little bit, but at the same time, the SEO inside me wants there to be a way that can be manipulated in some way that we can gain an advantage. But really, it comes down to two things, and they're quite intertwined. First of all, you need to, and this is really the most important, important piece is having the content on the page that you want ranking in the feature snippet formatted in a way that aligns with the existing featured snippet that's showing. So by that, what I mean is if we have a paragraph snippet, right, you should have a short paragraph in your text. And we'll come into this in like a bit more detail shortly, but like for a bullet point feature snippet, we would have bullet points or at least step-by-steps in the headers, which again, we'll come on to. Now, the other thing in amongst all of this, because we're going to come on, dig into some of the formatting pieces shortly, but the biggest piece to understand about all of this is it's all about matching intent and having really positive user signals from Google. So by this, what I mean is you may find that when you update your content and reformat it, or if you were ranking already pretty highly on page one, you may find that you flip into the featured snippet result and you'd be like, great. And then a week later, you drop out and you're kind of like, ah. Not so great. Not so great, (laughs) right? And the reason why that would happen, because you haven't changed your content, right? Like you formatted it in the exact same way. The reason is that people might be looking at what's coming through in the featured snippet and they actually may look at it and go, actually, that's not answering my query. So I'm not going to click on the featured snippet. So the positions two, one, two, three, and 4, if they're getting quite a large proportional click-through rate, that's data that's going to go straight back to Google. And then algorithmically, they would say, well, clearly, this is not hitting the spot for people. We should move something else in there. If that has a better click-through rate, that's going to do a better job at ranking in the featured snippet. Similarly, if people say, oh, look, what's pulling through in this feature snippet is definitely going to be the right thing that I want. I'm going to click this link, I'm going to come through, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, this is all complete rubbish. There's this one like little paragraph that makes sense, but this is all completely irrelevant afterwards. And then they click back to the search engines. Having someone click on your result from Google and then pressing the back button is probably the worst outcome for any SEO. It's like the strongest negative signal that can be pushed back to Google, and they track this directly. Get enough of that, and what you'll start seeing is you will very quickly start not only dropping out of featured snippets, but 
lower and lower down page one. So making sure that you're matching the expectation that the user has, or the searcher has, should I say, with the content on the page is really, really important. That makes a lot of sense. So quickly, or maybe not so quickly, let's dig into the paragraph snippet specifically. So say I'm trying to rank for what is conversion rate optimization or something crazy like that that might be related to my job. Are there any best practices I should know about? Yeah, I would say, bearing in mind what I just said around intent, Mm -hmm. you really want to validate that as soon as someone comes onto your webpage, they're seeing the thing that they saw in the featured snippet as quickly as possible. This also coincides with ranking more effectively in the featured snippet. So having this piece of information that you want to be in the featured snippet, placing it high up on the page. And the first thing that, like... I would recommend doing is basically structuring a small section of the page where you have a H2, so like a HTML header that actually has the query. So let's say is what is conversion rate optimization? I would literally have that as my H2 mm-hmm. and then directly underneath it, I just have a simple paragraph tag and between kind of like 50 to 58 words, I think we usually stick to have that short description directly underneath it. This is like basically your featured snippet that's living within your page that you're hoping Google pulls in. You want to make it so easy and simple for Google to find right near the top of the page. And then that should serve as almost like an introduction or summary to your page, kind of how you would think about writing a meta description almost in a way for the paragraphs. And then underneath it is when you can go through and start writing the rest of the article, really thinking about if someone's coming through, they've searched for what is conversion rate optimization, they've read the snippet, why would they read on? You want to keep them on that page and push more positive signals through to Google as a result. Yeah, awesome. So that's that's actually really helpful. I'm writing a blog post today, so I will keep that in mind. So <laughs> what about lists specifically? So for lists, this is slightly different beast, and there's there's two ways that you can do this. One, and we've seen Google tend to favor one over the other, like in a relatively inconsistent way. So I think what I would say is Google's getting much better at being able to pull in like these list-based featured snippets without you having to specifically call it out on the page. But one of the things that you can do to begin with is if you have your article already broken down into like step one, step two, step three, is make sure that you have these identifiers at the start of each of your, whether it's like your H2 or your H3s that, that break down the steps, literally at the start of them write step one. And then you could have like colon and then the, the heading title. Google will pull in those heading titles one after the other. So step one, step two, step three, step four. And you can have that broken down. The other way that you can do that is you can just in a similar way that you would do with the paragraph type snippet is near the top, you have the overall kind of query that's being asked. And that might be how to tie a tie. And then you literally put bullet points directly under it, one after the other, and they're just concise, quick. Step one, step two, step three, step four. Can't remember the last time I uh, tied up a tie, so I'm not even going to attempt at that one. And then have everything in more detail broken down afterwards. So there's two ways that you can approach that. I would test out both of those. If you don't see success of one, 
try it slightly differently, and you may see success with the other. So it's also about kind of iteration over time. That's great. So it sounds like I need to go back and optimize my content, but this is a pretty big job. Will it really make a difference when it comes to traffic? I would almost guarantee that it will. If you have a lot of informational content, and that is that you have a lot of topics that you're you're trying to rank for where people are searching for like detailed questions about that topic. So anything marketing related for HubSpot, people are searching for like the why, the what, the who, the when, the how of a whole topic. Those are the types of queries that if you just see a percentage of the feature snippets that you go after increase, you're going to see huge gains in your overall organic traffic as a result. We've really doubled down at HubSpot on featured snippets. And what we've started to see is with having a set process in place that we can bake into content from the beginning, as opposed to consistently pushing out content, then reworking it, the results are so much better for us. And we've seen huge amounts of traffic being gained, especially on our blog, that's been largely in part due to gaining featured snippet placements. I mentioned that we did a study a little while back at HubSpot, and within this study, we looked at just under 5,000 different search queries, all of which triggering featured snippets. And when we analyzed the click-through rate for HubSpot content, that went from not having the featured snippet to then gaining the featured snippet, we saw that some high volume keywords increased by as much as over 114%, which is pretty significant, I would say. (laughs) Just a little bit, just a little. So it sounds like snippets are taking over. What do you think the end game is for Google here? So like with a lot of Google's plays recently, I think their key is twofold. One is that they're using featured snippets in particular as a platform for them to develop better and stronger natural language processing, which ultimately is going to really help their Google Home product. The second thing is... I swear we're not getting sponsored by Google. (laughs) (laughs) Yet. 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 (laughs) Right. And uh, Episode three, we come in with Google swag. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, Amazon are going to have to fight it out. Duke it out. (laughs) And and maybe maybe Bing. (laughs) Probably not after what you said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think they're going to be that happy. So then the second thing is going to be ad revenue, right? Like Mm -hmm. the longer that you can keep people engaged on Google's page and also the more that users come to expect the answer being delivered directly in the search results. I think more than anything, I touched on this a little bit in our previous episode, is that Google in particular are changing our search behavior as individual searchers. We're getting used to new things. We're getting used to more ads. Like when you run a search on mobile, like a lot of the time you do like a single thumb swipe to just basically be like, okay, get rid of ads. And now I'm going to look at normal content. With featured snippets coming in, and then you're seeing a lot of more blended search results. We see a lot more carousels coming in. The lines between like what is an ad, what is not an ad becomes blurred. 
I think what we will start to see in the future is more ad content starting to look like featured snippets, which is a very dangerous path to start going down. And I also believe with voice, what we may find is that we will start having sponsored results in voice. Now, do I know that for sure? No, but if I've learned anything in the past decade of doing SEO, it's that Google likes money. And this is going to be one of their main points of leverage for for growing that. Do you think that having ads kind of sneak in and start to resemble pieces that traditionally people could trust as informational content will at all impact kind of the trust users place in Google or that first page of search results? I hope so, um, because I think it's actually a pretty tragic trend to start seeing for the web where ultimately what Google has also done a lot over the past five years has been kind of highlighting the fact that things are ads a lot less. It used to be very, very obvious that things are ads. And then we start to see this whole new kind of labeling come in that's a lot more subtle, especially yeah. on mobile devices. It can be difficult to, to see. And when we start seeing this almost blended in into patterns of design that we've already come to trust that are not ad content, if we do start to see that, yeah, I think it could be incredibly detrimental. Now, Google is also full of a lot of very intelligent people, so I'm sure mm -hmm. they'll be approaching anything like this with a lot of caution. I'm really interested to see how things happen with voice and beyond, right? Like, mm -hmm. we, we haven't talked about where I think a lot of search is going to move towards, which will be more in AR and VR to a certain extent. And I think the traditional way we view search is going to be a lot more of like an immersive experience for people. And how that becomes monetized is way more dangerous to me, even in things like voice, because I think it's a lot more difficult to grasp disclaimers in that respect. And it's kind of contrary to a lot of the, the news stories that we're really hearing a lot about at the moment around things like GDPR and privacy and right, Cambridge definitely. Analytica and well, everything yeah. that's happening in amongst it, that. It sounds like dark patterns just inherently. Yes, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is. It is exactly that. Okay. But yeah, I think it is a slippery slope, but it's not all doom and gloom though, right? Like to bring this back to featured snippets and one of the questions you asked earlier is like, is it killing businesses? And destroying. I said destroying. Killing, murdering <laughs> businesses and their owners. Google has got blood on their hands. Uh, right, okay. We're definitely not going to get that sponsorship deal. Okay. Um, no, I d so I don't think in that respect that it is all kind of doom and gloom in, in that sense. And like kind of what I said with HubSpot, albeit we have a fair amount of resource on the content side of things, one of the types of website that's benefit a lot from featured snippets coming in has been blogs and mm. kind of publications. And that's also on the news publication side of things has been one of those that have been suffering the most from some of the ad level stuff and also Google taking in content and basically serving it directly within the search results. So there's been a lot of varying results from this, but honestly, like as as a listener to this podcast, I would say the first thing that that you're really going to want to start doing is having a look at how much of 
the content that you currently have ranking in the search engines is even triggering a feature snippet. Having a look and seeing, okay, is the reason why we're not ranking in the featured snippet because actually we haven't formatted our content correctly? Were you even on page one to begin with? If not, you also need to still be thinking about some of the more classic stuff like link building. And then alongside this, link building, in fact, is something that we'll touch on later in the series. And alongside all of this is like testing different content formats and trying to bake in a process to any content that you put forward moving forward uh, so that you can just do this out of the gate and start ranking quicker. So is there any way that as people are kind of reformatting and paying attention to the featured snippet that they can easily see if they're breaking into featured snippets or is it kind of the wild west of knowing what people are querying? That is one of the biggest pain in the asses actually. It's really difficult. I mean, I could talk about things like keyword rankings for mm -hmm. far too long and it would bore a lot of people. But one of the things like we, we've seen a lot is like with keyword rankings, like as a whole, them becoming less relevant and accurate. We talked right. about in episode one, the the fact that. So so listen to it if you haven't. <laughs> listen, you, you should absolutely have listened to it and subscribed, of course. So what we talked about in episode one was with keyword rankings for things like, where can I eat, right? It's like right. they're completely different from one location to another. So in the same respect, trying to figure out like, where are you ranking? Are you ranking this featured snippet? Albeit you don't always get that localization factor, but you certainly get it from like google.com, .co.uk, mobile search versus desktop search can be a little tricky. In all honesty, I think that Google and their Search Console product is probably going to bake in some of this into the analytics that they give. There are a few like keyword tools that are starting to support some of this, but it's kind of a bit hacky. I think, in all honesty, the best way is to just do a quick incognito search for what you're trying to rank for and have a quick look and see if it's showing up in the featured snippet. It's not like the most perfect way to do it, but what you will certainly see is if you go into Google Search Console, you can track each page, the click-through rate on average that it has from the search results page. Now, if you start ranking the feature snippet, you'll very quickly start to see that click-through rate percentage rise, and that's like your biggest indicator of being able to see. And of course, organic traffic, right, as well. So there's those two things that you can kind of check out. So analytics is the good guy in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, for now. Don't get me started on all the pain points of analytics, though. Okay. We, that, that is like a whole rant episode. <laughs> okay, well, so this has been super interesting. Thank you, Matt. Of course, this has been really, really enjoyable. Well, that's all the time we have for featured snippets. If you liked today's lesson, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends or coworkers about us. You can follow us on Twitter at HubSpot Academy. And if you want more details on this topic, feel free to check out scaleuppodcast.com. I'm Joy Monroe. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Matt, again. Of course. See you on the next episode. Thank you so much to our listeners for listening. If you're listening to this show, you've already taken the first step in growing your career. But I have really good news. You can go even further for free. HubSpot Academy is a worldwide leader in marketing and sales education, and they offer free classes on topics like social media, SEO, content marketing, and more. 
There's no catch, just expert advice that can take your career to the next level. Go to HubSpot.com slash skill up to get started today and build your business better.